Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your hosts, Gabby, Ian, and Kyle. Welcome to another edition of Break It Down, ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. Here with the old crew, Gabby, Kyle, how are we doing today? Old, apparently. <laughs> what? It was, it was like OG crew, not oh, old. Oh, yeah. okay. So, all right. Not chronologically old. No. Okay. All right. Doing great. Good. Ready for an interesting topic today. Yeah. So, this is a topic that you didn't want to talk about. You told me it was a marketing buzzword, and that is internet of behavior. And... From the reading I did before this episode, we might be ahead of our time a little bit. It sounds like it's something that is going to become more prevalent and maybe more mainstream as a concept, but does involve data and does involve technology and does involve, I guess, behavior, obviously. But so it has foundations and things we've talked about already, Kyle. Yeah, that's right. And I, to be fair, I did come around and say, we should do this one. Because now that I understand it, this is definitely a great Break It Down podcast episode. We should have called it the internet of how does Facebook know that my wife just bought shoes? <laughs> how do that? Does it? How does Facebook know? Well, all those ads on Facebook are definitely targeted to me. That is how internet of behaviors is manifested. So yeah, I'm ready. Let's dive into all the data and behavioral science elements, wherever you want to start. I mean, let's start. So did this, let's start where we start. When did this start? And is it with IoT or is it later? It can't be before, right? That's right. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a byproduct of e-commerce and the delivery of commerce through the internet. Everything you do, not only on the internet, but in real life, with smart devices leaves behind a digital footprint and the marketers of the world have figured out how to tap into that digital footprint and then use the data to direct market to you. I think it's worth mentioning here in the first two minutes of this podcast that internet of behaviors is not solely limited to commerce transactions. The behaviors that, or intended by IOB could be things that are health related. They could be, how do you navigate traffic, et cetera. But the, the idea here is that users of technology are creating their own digital identity and how they interact with things. And companies are using that data to change the behavior of the consumer. So the most tangible example of those things I just said is the Facebook ads or Instagram ads. If you go to a website, a commerce website and shop for shoes, you can bet that the next time you go to a social media platform, you're going to see an ad for that exact same pair of shoes that you were just browsing for. So that's an internet of behaviors, tangible example, because your digital footprint led that merchant to know that you were there and shopping for those shoes. And they want that ad to pop up in front of you everywhere they possibly can. If we had digital billboards beside the highway, you betcha that ad would pop up there too as you drove by. That's the future. Imagine digital billboards 
catering advertisement to you as you drive by. So all the things that you mentioned in the beginning, big data, behavioral science, all of those things factor into this type of technology. But it's rooted in, like I said, the digital footprint or digital identity that you create as you use technology. Which is funny in a way because it's obviously stunningly accurate at times where, and I want to get into some things you already teased with your wife buying things and things that I've not visited but see, but I will get into that. But it's funny when you shop for a pair of shoes, running shoes, and you get served that ad. And it's funny because you're like, oh man, that's like, that's so smart or whatever. But then when you buy them and it doesn't go away, my instant reaction is like, God, it's so dumb. They don't even know what they're doing. I already bought those (laughs) shoes. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they might not, like it probably is, it's bad marketing. But at the same time, like, it's weird that I'm so willing to like flip my mindset on this from like, wow, this is so creepy that they know to, oh, they're so dumb. They have no idea I bought this like that. Yep. Yeah, I, uh, you guys are probably in the same boat, but as I research topics for this podcast, all of my ads are full of suppliers of the technologies that I look at. And I do the same thing, Ian. I go, oh, that's very useful. Let me click on that because I'm doing research. And then after the podcast recording is over, I'm like, I never want to see this ad again. How, are, how do they not know that? <laughs> and why are they still showing this to me? Uh, I haven't clicked on this in six months. Please stop showing it. But There's a really interesting topic that I want to get into on the life of personal data, but I've read some very interesting statistics that have said that something like 80% of companies have no idea how to forget a user. Like they have the data and they act upon the data, but if you told them, I want to unsubscribe or please forget me, forget my purchasing history, they don't have the mechanism to do it. So there's a gap in the technology. This is opening a fire hose and not being able to turn it off that companies are experiencing. It's really, it's really, really weird. So maybe this is a generational thing. And I'm going to steal a quote from Parks and Rec, Don Amigo. I love being on, like, on the grid. I love, I mean, if I'm going to see ads, I would rather see ads of things I want or like than tires. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe that's a concerning statement out of me, but it's, I don't know. I'd rather see things I'm interested in than things I'm not. My bank account would prefer the other way, but. I like to be incognito on the internet. I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing. <laughs> this uh, coming from the, the one who has all of her passwords saved. I deleted I told you guys, I deleted them all. You should be so There's proud of me. 110 people also being incognito as Gabby. <laughs> <laughs> I cleared them all. You can't even say that anymore. They're all gone. No safe passwords. I can't get into any of my accounts now, but they're they're gone. <laughs> maybe maybe your wallet is thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ian, I think it is a generational thing. I think it's a, a sign of the times. But yeah, people want to be marketed to in a way that's meaningful to them. And uh, as we've said in other podcasts... People are willing to give up security for convenience. And this is just another way that that's manifesting. They know that those ads that are targeted to them. I mean, I make purchases all the time because I was targeted in an ad effectively. I will admit that. And sometimes I get weirded out by just how accurate those ads are. But hey, that's what this podcast is for. So people don't have to be weirded out in the future. You now will understand how it works. How 
is it tracked? Like, do you have to be logged into Google to have this tracking? Or like, what if I use like DuckDuckGo? So it's to be like browsing. It's like a, maybe Kyle can explain it better than me, but it's like a browser where it's like supposed to not trace you. Like you don't have a search history, you don't have cookies, that type of thing. I don't know if that's really true though, but. So there's a couple of things that happen, which are part of the tracking. So let's get the big thing out of the way. Social media platforms like Facebook, like Instagram, they buy data. So there's no doubt that they will go buy data and retailers will sell the data. Big data is worth big money. So we'll get that part out of the way. Facebook is buying data for sure. But there's also integration between the social media platforms like Instagram and like Facebook with major retailers where if you shop, at a major retailer, they will give that data to Facebook willingly. They will give it to Facebook because they want the ad to pop back in front of you that says, we noticed that you just shopped at Macy's, please shop here again. So Gabby, what you're experiencing when you browse in an e-commerce environment is in order to track your experience or your uh, engagement with that retailer, with the retailer online, they will embed code in their website that when you visit their website, it gets downloaded onto your computer and then it will track you everywhere you go. And then so that data gets collected and then sent to whomever they decide to sell it to. So yeah, so incognito browsing, some of these uh, browsers that are built for security that can block cookies and things like that, that'll help protect you from that. It's called retargeting or pixel trafficking, which is another term you'll see on the internet where a very, very tiny image gets downloaded to your computer when you load a certain website and that image has embedded in it the code that's tracking you. So if you go from Macy's to Best Buy to barnesandnoble.com.com.com, that little piece of code that's on your computer is actually tracking your behavior as you move along. And then again, that data gets sold back to the companies that want marketing data, social media platforms and others. So yeah, you can't clear cookies fast enough from your computers, PSA for everyone. Most people don't do it until they feel like there's a problem. I'm one of those people. Yep. <laughs> I know clearing you're cookies, <laughs> clearing search history, all of that stuff is good good habit to get into, not only for security purposes, but to try to limit how much of your personal data is out there. I'm going to start doing that more often. Yeah, then you get into the scary things like, well, you didn't consent to have that data downloaded to your computer necessarily when you went to a website. But imagine things like facial recognition when you're walking through a mall. That's another internet of behavior technology that's happening is that if you walk by a store, they can use security surveillance and do facial recognition and notice that you're there. And your face is associated with a profile, which is associated with your phone number, which is associated with your credit card. And now they know not only that you were there, but that you walked by without shopping. So imagine the experience of walking through a mall, walking by Annie Ann's pretzels and not stopping and then getting a text. Can't imagine. Getting a text 100 feet later going, hey, we noticed you were here, but you didn't stop. Here's a coupon. Come on back. Like that's real world technology that happens today. So I'm with you, Ian. I've never walked by without shopping. No, never. So is that just using... IP addresses, and then they, they essentially can link your in-person shopping behavior to your internet shopping behavior and essentially build out like a customer profile for you? You, you want a scary answer? So it's, it's not using IP addresses. It's using 
your face and every picture you've ever posted on social media. So geolocation, facial recognition, all of those things go into building a profile and identify your phone, your, your Apple phone or your Google phone, a Samsung phone. It's associated with you, the person with an identifier that's unique in every app you download, every picture you take, every commerce transaction you have on that device is associated with your ID. And just, again, this is big data. So every connection that that data makes between your face, your fingerprint, your DNA, your credit card, all of that stuff goes into a profile that marketers can buy. And all I need is your phone number and your face. And I know where you are and I can send you messages. So like I said, it's a super scary answer. I threatened or promised to talk about GDPR, but that's it's what's happening in, in the European Union to try to address all this because I'm reading your faces. <laughs> I'm on video with you two right now and I'm reading your faces going like, oh my gosh, seriously? This is terrifying. <laughs> it's literally that easy to know where you are and what you're doing. And again, this is about internet behaviors. The intent is to then change your behavior, send you back to the store you walked by. Like we talked about at the beginning, if it's not a commerce transaction, hey, I noticed your blood sugar is low. You haven't eaten in a while. Here's a reminder to go eat. So the intent is to change your behavior based off the data we've collected. So, yeah, let's deviate right there. Take that timeline really quick here. It's not all bad. Like, I think we're getting a little bit scared here with the the big data and the retail analytics and all that. But there are very benevolent, altruistic benefits to this in like an Apple watch, which tells you if you have an irregular heartbeat or to your point, like blood sugars levels are low. Like there are good uses or they're all, I know it's through the eye of the beholder, but like holistically good uses of the internet behaviors as well. Yeah, that's right. And the healthcare vertical elements of it that you just mentioned are the most altruistic version of it. Commerce is where we see it the most. And even in the commerce environment, there's some really good applications of it. Like uh, I think we've talked about in podcasts before, but you guys are frequent shoppers on Amazon. But, you know, Amazon will remind you that you haven't purchased something in, in a while. So imagine diabetic supplies, imagine vitamins, imagine medicines or something like that. It has learned your behavior over a period of time and it recognized that you haven't purchased something. And I get notices through my smart home devices that that pop up and say, we notice it's probably time for you to reorder whatever, elderberry vitamins. And I go, oh my gosh, you're right. I forgot. I hadn't thought about it. Not my elderberry vitamins. (laughs) So you get a cold, Kyle. That's right. I'm like, you never know. You never know. So yeah, so there's, there's lots of really good uses for it. And I think you said it well at the beginning, like, We want this experience. So yes, it's scary in how they make it happen, but we do want that experience with the technology. What about, because I think what makes me, like another thing I could think of is like safety. Like say someone gets mugged on the street and if they have all this facial recognition, like you could, you know, like from that standpoint, like is that going in that direction too, to make like cities safer? Yeah, that's more of a video surveillance usage than it is true internet of behaviors. It would be great if we could alter the behavior of the mugger. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) 
Now, now we're solving problems here. That's right. Hey, uh, mugger, we noticed you just left the bar and your blood alcohol content is really high. Maybe call a taxi. Like, that's a real good use. But let's be real. That's that's more of a video surveillance technology and a public safety technology that if, some, if an event happens, that notifications can go out to people in the area to avoid certain parts of town or take a different foot route or, or whatever, right? The, the bridge is out because of the flood, go a different rate, d- different route. I guess technically that's a behavior. You're altering the behavior. We're not seeing as much of the uh, implementation of this type of technology in public safety. Interesting. All right. We teased it earlier. I want to get into it. So, you gave the shoe example. Your wife shops for shoes. You get an ad. I had always thought that it was just your phone was always listening. So is that not the case? And if it's not the case, then how does your phone serve you ads that you had no tie to? My real world example was my wife went and bought, hey, dudes, shoes for my son. I'd never even heard of them. Sorry, hey dudes, if you're listening. Sorry. <laughs> but apparently those were the those were the shoes my kids wanted. And so she went to a store, a local store, and bought them and brought them home. And I kid you not, within 24 hours I had a Hey Dudes ad on my Facebook stream. Now I'd never heard of them before she walked in the house with them. So I certainly hadn't Googled them. I hadn't looked up a website. I had no connection with this brand, although the brand was marketing to me. So the quick connection there is my wife and my profiles are connected because we share a bank account. So she swiped our credit card. The retailer sold the information vis-a-vis. I was getting ads from this new brand. That quick, though. Yeah, based off a point of sale purchase. Yep. So that's how that happened. Now, what you're really what the, the fun part of this answer is, well, was my phone listening when my wife walked in and said, hey, I bought, hey, dudes, shoes. And my phone went, ooh, that's a, those are proper nouns. I'm going to blast some marketing at them. And, and the short answer is no, although I will keep my conspiracy theorist hat on for a little while, even despite this answer. But the short answer is no, your smart device is not always listening. Everyone has experienced that super coincidence example of we were sitting around the table talking about cat food, and uh, now I'm getting ads about cat food, even despite I not owning a cat. And... The thing that people think is my phone is listening. My phone heard us talking about it. So now it's catering ads to me. The technology that would be required for that to happen makes it unrealistic. Like your phone would have to always be. They want you to think, Kyle. That's what they want you to think. That's why I said my conspiracy theorist hat is still on. I'm not taking it off. But if your phone was constantly listening to you and processing every word you said on the phone, your battery would drain in under two hours. Like it's very processive intensive to process voice and try to pull things out of the voice that it hears. Okay, by the way, let's not do it on the phone. Let's just take everything you say and send it to the internet somewhere. That's very expensive from a bandwidth standpoint. So if your phone was constantly listening to you and sending everything you said to some recorder or processor on the internet, you would notice when you got your phone bill because your internet usage would be crazy high. So now, conspiracy theorists hat fully on. I don't believe most of what I just said. There's got to be a way. <laughs> they 
I agree. <laughs> I just don't believe in the coincidences. But listen, the, the Hey Dudes example was my example. I'd never done anything other than said the word out loud near a smart device, and it was on my app. But once I followed the trail, the breadcrumb trail, uh, I asked my wife later, like, did you sign up for a loyalty program while you were standing there and you provided your, your mobile phone number? And she said, nope, I just went in and I swiped my card and that was it. And I said, did you look them up before? How did you know to go to that store? And she went, oh, I Googled it. All right, there it is. I got you. So she Googled it, went to the store, purchased, and it became part of our profile that that was something we shopped in. So it had nothing to do with what we said out loud near a smart device. So I see you shaking your head. Because I want to take this one step further then, because I have a lot of these. I have one in every room in my house. I have Google Homes everywhere. Those have to always be listening, Kyle, because otherwise they wouldn't know when you said the cue, I'm not going to say it, to get them going. So connecting some dots, and I'm, I need like a tinfoil hat here maybe, but connecting some dots, that's Google. My Google Home app is connected to my Google profile, which is then connected to my Google Chrome browser. So could it be through that that they're listening? Yeah, so that's using the smart devices in your home that are constantly connected to power eliminates both of the objections I just gave you. Like your mobile phone's battery is going to drain, but that thing's sitting right there connected to power all the time. And it has, yeah, presumably uh, unlimited data. This is where my conspiracy theory hat stays on, my tinfoil hat, because every announcement or addressing of this that those manufacturers make, they say that the wake word is the only thing it's listening for. It has to constantly be processing everything you say in order to hear the wake word. Exactly. But whether or not it takes what it's heard and sent it somewhere is the key. So if it just sits there listening to you all day long and never hears the wake word, the rest of the things you said during that day are not sent to the internet anywhere. We can prove that, by the way. We can packet trace, we can sniff, we can watch the internet traffic. We, we can prove that that's not happening. But for every one of those, there's an article that says, uh, of course, Facebook is listening to the things you say because it wants to know whether or not its voice recognition software is any good. So it captures recordings of every so often people saying something so that people can transcribe it and say whether or not it got it right. There's that. But let's, for this podcast say that, no, your smart devices are not constantly transmitting what you say to Big Brother. It's only listening for the wake word. Now, after you say the wake word, all bets are off. So that's one of the other theories, too, is that if you're in a public environment and you're talking about cat food and something around you says something that sounds like the wake word, well, now everything you're saying as part of your conversation is being transmitted for processing. So who knows? Who knows? I know you have all accidentally awoken one of your smart devices and then went like, I didn't say your name. Why are you listening to me? Why are you talking? <laughs> Literally happened yesterday. I, I was like, I don't even know what I said that, that was close to it. So I was, yeah. And that's to my point, they have to be listening for something. Yep. They're always listening for the wake word. Yeah. So let's close it out here with this. Because where is this going? Because it's not going to get worse. And I, I there's a really, like, I think it's probably eight to 10 years dated now is that target connected retail example where, and if you haven't heard of this, look it up. Target knew that a teenage girl was pregnant before her parents knew. And essentially target had to go and, and 
adjust their advertising because they knew more about this girl as a person than her parents did. So now they still use all the data they have, and it's it's not gotten worse. They just do a better job hiding it. So is that the future? Is that it's going to get more and more and more targeted, but they're just going to try and shadow it a little bit better so we don't freak out? Or are we just going to steer into the skid and embrace that our lives are super connected and everything, everybody knows everything? So I think it's a I think it's the middle of that road. And I mentioned GDPR earlier, which is the, the general data protection regulation that the European Union recently passed 2018. I guess that's still recently. But that's how they've addressed that, Ian, is that they have put the onus of the data back into the hands of the user. And you have to essentially opt in to having your data collected. There's fines and lots of regulations from retailers on how they collect your data. And then once they have it, how long they have it, what they use it for. And you are in full control if you're a citizen of the European Union on on, uh, how they use that data. For instance, you have to opt into receiving an email if you don't explicitly give permission to a commerce organization to email you advertisements, they're not allowed to. We don't have anything like that in the U.S. We have spam blockers and unsubscribes and things, and we could get into a whole thing on whether or not we think unsubscribes actually do anything. But I think where we're headed is that you're going to start to see regulations deployed outside European Union, hopefully into the U.S. soon, that give us more control over how our data is being used. I don't think we'll give up the the convenience of the data being collected and the behaviors that that's used to try to elicit. And listen, the only thing that's limiting how much data is being collected is storage and compute, which the cloud is making dirt cheap. So there's some There's a code of ethics here, too, that if you're collecting the data with great power comes great responsibility. If you're collecting the data and I haven't given you permission to use it, don't use it. I think it's, yeah, it's so tough to enforce, though. Yeah, that's right. That's right. If you get some time, listeners and hosts, you can look up very well-documented examples of how GDPR fines have been rolled out. There's a whole organization that ensures that those regulations are being upheld to the extent that they're fining like multi-million dollar fines for well-known commerce companies for for simple violations. Sending out an email saying, are you still there? Do you still want to receive our marketing information? Well, hang on. I already unsubscribed from that. I opted out. Don't send me an email asking me, did you mean to opt out? I opted out. That's a violation. So we don't see that in the U.S., they see it in Europe. And uh, the crazy part is if you're a European citizen, but you're in the States, you're still afforded the same rights. Oh, also Which is really hard to regulate. Really hard to regulate. So you've also seen it if you're an Apple phone user. You have to opt in the data. Like ask not to track. I every time I hit now, which is funny because I said at the beginning of this podcast, I like being on the grid, but I always do click ask not to track. That's the pixel thing that I said earlier. That's retargeting. So every use of your app tracks your usage of other apps. My brain is so broken, by the way, because again, like 
I click ask not to track, but then when I'm in social media or if I'm like playing a game and I get an ad and I'm like, they don't know anything about me. (laughs) (laughs) That's a miss. Big miss. Yeah. It's my own doing, which I guess is a good thing. Which guess what? You're creating your own problem too, because now they're going to try harder. Right. And I think the wording is so interesting. It's not like, can it track you or not? It's ask app not to track. So is it even doing what I'm asking? You know what I mean? It's just kind of weird the way it's worded. Did they agree? (laughs) My kids ask for ice cream all the time. It doesn't mean it happens, but they ask. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So I just think that's a really weird. Every time I see that pop up, I just think it's odd the way it's phrased. Yeah. Well, hopefully this wasn't terrifying. But it did pull the curtain back a little bit as, as I was doing my own research on how this stuff works. No, it was super interesting. I'm going to clear my cookies more. Yeah, I already did on as we reported. So. All right, I'm going to go put my tinfoil hat away. Thank you, Kyle. Yep. Yes, thank you. Feeling great. WebEx by Cisco is the leading enterprise solution for video conferencing, online meetings, screen share, and webinars. WebEx has one app for everything and everyone with calling, meetings, messaging, and events in the cloud for teams of all sizes. WebEx is trusted by 85% of Fortune 500 companies and is adaptable for any work style, role, or device so you can choose when, where, and how you work. Reach out to evolve at scansource.com for more information on WebEx.